Hello, friends, and thank you so much for tuning in today. This is the PMDD podcast, and my name is Adriana. I am not a medical health expert. I am warning listeners that there may be sensitive topics surrounding mental health and health procedures. The content here is for informational purposes only, and because each person is so unique, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. Hi, Louise. How are you? Good. How are you? Well, very well, very well. So thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. (laughs) I am excited because you've got a pretty unique story, but we're first going to ask you, where in the world are you? So I'm in Sydney, Australia. Excellent. And where in your cycle are you right now? Day two. (laughs) (laughs) that's right I just remembered when we chatted it was like the day before right a day or two before yeah it was like yeah because my cycle is like normally between 30 and 35 days so there's like a five-day period where it's like okay any minute now (laughs) any minute now (laughs) 30 to 35 okay cool awesome well that's still in the normal that's the normal range isn't it I can't even remember um I just saw my acupuncturist this morning and we were talking about it because I I was four days late and I was I I, for me when I'm even a day late I start stressing (laughs) yeah I don't know I've got so one last year I was 15 days like late like from the upper limit like another 15 days and I was like what the hell and it was so funny my friend was heavily pregnant at the time and because like in my where I live like I know heaps of people so I didn't want to be seen getting a pregnancy test so my heavily pregnant friend went and got a pregnancy test for me I could imagine what those people were like thinking they'd be like um are you sure? Like, I'm pretty sure you. Pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. And she had to do the cliche thing. No, it's for a friend. It's for a friend. <laughs> like, oh, I know so I'm good. pregnant. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Now, look, you do have a great unique story in what you're doing right now, but I would um, I would love to, well, let's, let's first ask, have you been diagnosed with PMDD? Yeah, so I've been listening to the podcast and I actually went back and I was like, it's good to reflect on these things because I hadn't really done the timeline before. Um, So I was diagnosed in April of 2020 um, and it was pretty like up until then there was definitely signs. So I started getting my period when I was 11 um, and like my first, I'm, like looking back on it, like I'm pretty sure I like started signs of PMDD like back then. Like my main two symptoms was uncontrollable emotions, mainly anger and fatigue. Mm. Were like the two ones that I remember back. And it was like my mum copped it the most. Like I couldn't even just do anything with my mum. I just remember fighting with her about like literally anything. And I can't remember what time in the cycle or whatever because I wasn't like I was 11 like (laughs) um yeah and yeah and then I remember when I started I started working full-time when I was 15 in a very male-dominated trade and I like wasn't tracking or anything and I was really pretending my cycle didn't exist um so I was just going through the motions and then I think it really started to hit again when I was 19 
Like that's when I felt like the tears come on a lot more and the anxiety and the depression kind of started to kick in like with those symptoms about when I was 19. So I'm, I'm 25 now. Um, I ended up burning myself out. Um, when I was 22, I spent four months not working full time. Um, and then in 2019, that was 22 and 2018. Anyway. And then in 2019, I was like, yeah, there's something like not right here. I was like, okay, anxiety and depression, like they don't match up because it's not all the time. And then I started looking into things like bipolar and like split personality or personality disorders. And like, it was more just to have something to go to the doctor with. Cause I was like, there's, there's something not right. And like, even though I had very physical, like, kind of symptoms, like, the anger was just, like, uncontrollable. Like, I used to throw shit around and, like, smash shit, like, all the time, like, from when I was really young. But everyone was just kind of, like, oh, just a moody teenager. And I was, like, I don't, yeah, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that 2019, I was, like, there's something. And then I linked, I managed to link it to my cycle because I finally started tracking it. And then I went, I worked up the courage to go to a doctor, a new doctor, because I had moved areas. And I was like, okay, I'm suicidal when I get PMS. And she handed me a pamphlet. And I was like, this is not helping. (laughs) This is not helping. So then I ended up like going back like home where I'm home now, like where I grew up. So back to my GP, like lifelong GP. And I said, you know, this is what I've discovered um, and she's like, oh, yeah, PMDD, like, you can either, like, go on the pill or you've got antidepressants. Like, you've you've been seeing a counsellor for so long. Like, it had been about five years at that point where I've been seeing, like, counsellors and psychologists, like, on and off. Um, yeah, and she's like, okay, you can go either these ways. So I took it and I thought about it for a little bit and then I went back, got the medication. But she's like, here you go. Like, here's a website, research it. Um, and then I've been on medication since. Oh wow! So that so at twenty twenty, that's when you sort of get started take like started taking something. Yeah, that's it. An antidepressant. Yeah. Okay. And have you felt a difference since taking it? Yeah, I feel like it takes the edge off. Like, and sometimes like going, it's different every month. So like when I first started taking it, like I didn't have any symptoms. The next one, and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm cured. <laughs> and then um the the next cycle it come back and then I think I went like a few cycles and then I went back to the doctor and then we upped the dose and then same thing you know like next month I was all good and then it come back and then so I think I'm on the highest dose of the one that I've got now I think we upped it like four times and now I'm on the highest dose and I'm kind of like I don't want to change and I don't want to like I kind of want this to be like yep I've taken the edge off like let's go like a more natural kind of route from now which is like literally just starting from like discovering you and the podcast and everything it's just kind of given me a bit of hope um that there's like other ways and like where to start looking and not even like hope it's just like the motivation because when you're good you you don't think about it and then when you're bad you also don't think about it because you're just trying to survive (laughs) you're not really thinking about doing anything about it (laughs) totally and I remember someone saying it's like and then once we're out of when we get our period, then the recovery process 
of like everything that we just damaged <laughs> in the last yeah. two weeks. So there's just no, there's never this breathing ground when you have PMDD. It's just this continuous circle of either I'm high on life, let's ride this wave as long as possible to just the depths of despair. So no, I completely understand. Um, I would love to know more about what it was like. What's it like being in such a male dominated industry. So explain um, what it is that you do or what you used to do, I I should say. Yeah. So um, I started my apprenticeship as a heavy vehicle mechanic when I was 15. That's when I started working full time. So I'm a qualified heavy vehicle and mobile plant mechanic. I did, I was like on the tools. So working as a mechanic for about seven and a half years. And then I went into a mentoring role for a few months. um, And then I went into a trainer assessor role. So teaching apprentices. Um, and now I have a life coaching business. I call myself a tradeswoman empowerment coach. So I work with women in male-dominated trades on things like anxiety, confidence, you know, if they've got something with their cycle, talking about that as well. Um, and then I also like casual, like contract to and still do some training and assessment as well. So, I mean, it's a big thing to go from like um, mechanic to right? <laughs> yeah. I Let's just talk a little bit more about that transition. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so pretty much just being in such a male-dominated trade, I was like for one surviving like myself in there and then having PMDD on top of it and not knowing. Um, but even just looking at everyone, like we were pushed and taught technically so much but there was no other support really for us. So not even just like, not just now that I've niched down and I've always wanted to help women in trades, like even the men, like there's no like actual tools in there to work through emotions, to work through, you know, mental health. There's not really anything that's really practical because like what I found with a lot of mental health resources and stuff like that, they're easy to implement if you're like kind of on salary or in an office-based job. But when you're like hourly and you're doing a very physical job and someone's physically waiting for you, it's hard to stop and do mindfulness and it's, you know, hard to go and take a break, uh, like that kind of thing. And like no one was speaking our language. So I'm full into professional development and absolutely love it. Like I was obsessed. I was like pushing through that bit of a barrier between the white collar, blue collar language. And then I was like, everyone needs like these skills, like Mm. kind of thing. And then I've got a very soft spot for women in trades because, you know, we have an added experience on top of, you know, the rough and tumble of being in a trade, also being a woman in a trade. So then it was mostly just out of being pissed off that I went and, you know, become a life coach because I was just so frustrated because, like, women in trades and diversity in different areas and stuff has become in fashion for businesses to do. It's mm. kind of the way that I talk about the rise of diversity, like, push. And everyone, like, is trying to dump diverse groups into locations where they've never been before but without any coping mechanisms. Mm. And usually those locations, so say in a in an area such as a male-dominated industry, they have issues anyway from mostly being like hyper-masculine, long hours, high turnover for the men that the industry is for. 
and then they're putting someone who's not prepared for that at all into mm. that. And I was like, what the hell are you guys doing? Like, and I working for I was working for a few big businesses and I was so annoyed with watching it. And they're like, oh, you can help. And I'm like, cool, this is what you need to do. I'm like, oh, they're like, oh no, like you don't, that's not the problem. And I'm like, what do you mean? That's not the problem. It's it's literally the problem. They're like, no, no, like harassment and that doesn't happen here. Like everyone's mentally okay here. And I'm like, no, they're not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so what are you telling me that um, the automotive industry, like the mechanic trade or something, doesn't cater for cyclical, <laughs> a cyclical cycle, like a cycle? <laughs> we- no, no. <laughs> they barely even manage to, because men have a 24 hour cycle and they barely manage to deal with their own cycle. <laughs> totally. And then put in. Uh, yeah a gorgeous female coming through with a gorgeous cycle and it just it would like uh, yeah it would really mess things up (laughs) yeah and it's just it's just different like it's just kind of like that because sometimes being like a woman in there like the men are usually a bit cautious anyway because they're like oh girl we don't want to do anything wrong and, you know, sometimes, like, you know, with the cycle, sometimes you can take a joke and then sometimes you can't. And then that even throws them out a bit more because they're finally getting used to you being able to, like, you know, they give some, you give some, you know, tip for tat kind of conversation. And then one day you're just like, no, and then you burst into tears and they're like, we literally said the same thing yesterday. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, that's so true. It's like, no, but you took that joke really well just a couple of weeks ago. What's the matter with you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and to have that on a daily basis. So tell me, I mean, so how do you help these women? How, like, what is it that you sort of do? So I'm pretty much a life coach for these women. So a lot of the things, so even with my own PMDD and the the women that I've been working with, none of them specifically have PMDD as well. Um, But it's all about your thoughts. So Mm. what do you think about certain things and like what rules have you created for yourself? Because a lot of us operate on things like we should do this, we should do that. And one thing when I was younger, before I realised it was cycle-related, was like, oh, I was angry, so I should still be angry. Like, I shouldn't be angry and then happy straight away. Like, that's Mm. not normal. And that was, like, a rule that I had made for myself specific to, like, my cycle and trying to deal with that. I'm like, it's not normal to go from extreme happiness to extreme sadness. i got to carry this anger on a bit more. (laughs) Mm, Totally. Um, Yeah, but just little things like that that we make for ourselves, like, oh, we have to do this, we have to do that, we need to do this. And it's just like breaking it down, being like, okay, why are you thinking that? Like, who told you that? Did someone tell you that? Or are you telling yourself that? <laughs> mm, that not na- like that nasty word that I like to say that goes into the swear jar. Should I should be doing that? Yeah, I should be this. I really like every time I hear myself do that, I'm like, oh, eliminate, eliminate. Shoulda, coulda, woulda, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Another one that um, a lot of my girls suffer with is just like. I just need to do this. Like, I just need to do that to go like to, they put in boundaries for themselves, but then they just push it a little bit. Mm. Yeah, that's an interesting one. It's a sneaky one. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's so, it's, it's a hard task. Um, 
what did I hear? And this is going to go back from a long time ago. I think if they, someone was calling themselves a belief hunter. So day to day, like actually going through, it's like, oh, where did that belief come from? And actually hunting down where it came from, where it stemmed from. Because I was talking about this this morning as well. We've got to remember, you've got to find the root cause. Mm. Right. And that's with everything, any ailment or um, mental health issue. It's always about the root cause. And it's, and I, I wholeheartedly believe that each and every one of us with that has been diagnosed with PMDD, there is a root cause to it. We just don't, you know, and there might be a general one, but I suspect that there's going to be a unique, specific one to each of us. And once we yeah. find that and unravel it, because <laughs> again, I believe I'm I'm with you. I do believe a majority of it is the thoughts. Yeah, it's just like adding on to it because that's because I remember like I've been listening to the podcast the last few days, and one of the girls, I don't know if it's you or one of the girls, just said it was like an, you're having an allergic reaction to your hormones. And even when you think about an actual alert, like actual like a physical allergic reaction they're different on everyone mm. and sometimes it hits them harder and sometimes it doesn't and I feel like that's like the perfect explanation for how it is from PMDD like sometimes you have a severe allergic reaction sometimes you know you just get a little bit itchy <laughs> oh that's so true yes I've totally forgotten about that one that was definitely somebody else that mentioned that but that's a perfect way um perfect way to say it because I'm always saying you know it's just like our brain we just can't cope with everything that's going on and there's a lot going on in the luteal phase you know what I mean and I was actually saying it to a a guy yesterday I was trying to explain PMDD to a guy and his head just sort of tilted to one side and was like huh what do you mean and I was like I'm not sure if I can go into that much detail with you that's it and I think like even just like the art of explaining it like even just for me, when growing up, mental health wasn't discussed at all. It wasn't a thing. Like, you know, you have, I grew up on a farm as well. So I'm second generation Australian. My grandparents come over from Malta. We're farming community. Everyone that we grew up with, like my dad's friends are all first gen and like my mum's friends are all first gen and like everyone that I grew up with second gen. And like no one talks about mental health. Like mm. it wasn't a thing. It's like you've got a problem. Okay, you fix it. And I didn't even have the language to talk about that. And, like, even now, like, finding the language, like, even to be able to say I'm angry and I don't know why, I think that's, like, even, like, having, like, listening to you ask some of the other ladies, like, how does it affect your relationship and stuff? Like, we grow up thinking that there's a reason behind all our feelings. So you think you need to blame them on someone or something or some item and, you know, the loved ones usually pop out. So I definitely know, like, I've been with my current partner for almost two years now. And then before that, I was with another partner for two years. And we split up um, in 2019. So when I was discovering everything, kind of, like, actually putting in a bit more research. And, like, looking back at so many of the fights and the arguments that we had were me trying to allocate my feelings to something. Because mm. mm. I was like, I can't have this intense feeling for no reason. Like there has to be something, right? <laughs> totally, totally. So with, okay, so if there are people listening and are working in a male-dominated 
industry, because I think this is transferable to the corporate sector as well. Um, what are some tips that have helped you or what advice would you give people that are in there? To, because, you know, you know, for some it's not, it, you know, it's it's easy for us to say that we're not in that environment anymore and they, they actually enjoy their job and everything. But hmm. how, how would you manage, have it, you know, manage things around your cycle or just even males in general? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. Um, there's a few different things. Like I started to like implement different coping mechanisms while I was still working. So yeah, at the beginning of 2021 is when I left like full-time standard work. Um, but some of the coping mechanisms that I put in that I could control myself um, was like in working in a location or a job where you can do overtime. It's just like, Sometimes it's just as simple as not doing overtime that week that you're tired. Like you still meet all your job requirements and you're just like, okay, guys, like this week I can't do overtime. And something like that is really easy to bring up and you don't have to like bring it to something because it's like, cool, like you do overtime every other day. Um, also, a lot of industries have um, roster days off, so RDOs, and that's a flexible day that you can use somewhere. So you can use it for that time um, as well. And another thing is like just little things like making sure you keep yourself hydrated, you know, having like that extra Barocca in the morning. Like there's all really little subtle things that you can do for yourself. And especially if you're not ready to have the conversation with anyone or you don't feel like it's a safe space, mm. it's these little things that can, you know, boost your energy. Um, something that I really liked to do when I started doing a lot, not so much journaling, but when I was feeling really overwhelmed, I would scribble the thoughts out on a piece of paper and then look at them to, like, see if they're realistic or not. Like, mm. I didn't have a specific book or anything. Like, sometimes it would just be a scrap piece of paper that I would write the thoughts out on and then, like, just end up ripping it up and putting it in the bin, like, because it would help me process it, just having it out of my body. But little things, like, especially if you don't want it to be obvious and you don't know or have the words or feel safe to talk about it, like, little things like that can make it a lot easier. There's also different arrangements that you can have. So... When I was on the tools last, I had an arrangement where instead of working five, like eight hours, five days a week, I would work 10 hours, four days a week and have like a floating day off. So that would then give me, you know, because most of the time we'd end up doing overtime anyway each day. So instead of doing 50 hour weeks, I was doing 40 hour weeks instead. Because once you're at work, you kind of keep going. Mm. So having that floating day gives you the day for rest. Um, another thing is also like, even just asking and well, you've got your your annual leave as well and strategically using that helps as well. Mm-hmm. It's like these are more like things that aren't super obvious without having a discussion. But it's surprising now how many people or how many men understand, especially the ones that are in like a loving relationship with a woman. Like I when I first started, I never felt confident to even mention like that. I got like acknowledged that I got my period or anything was different. And two years ago, I went into, I was training um, at a location and then I ended up going in the workshop and spending some time in the workshop, keeping in touch. And I ended up getting my period. I had like heaps of pain. So my first day is usually pretty painful. And I was like, okay, I've got to ask someone. And then they were like, oh yeah. And then the boys were talking about how they were supported. They support their partners during like that time they're like oh yeah she always has like a heat pack and 
like she does this and you know like we give like we we have this for dinner and just little things like that so it's like shit like it's changing like the mm-hmm. conversation is is starting off like each each I think no one really knows the impact of just having one conversation so like that that girlfriend of that guy has had this conversation about her cycle with him and now he's a better support for the women in his workplace mm. and she would never have thought of that but it comes across like just you know and even it can work the other way around like you can have that conversation with someone in your workplace and then they can take that information away and it's yeah it's really surprising how many people actually understand now not maybe to the extent of PMDD but they're like yeah shit happens yeah body changes they don't make they may not understand how much but they're starting to understand mm. which is a really like it's kind of it's like yeah like things are changing on a good note Oh, I'm like, I'm inside of me is like fist pumping. I'm like, yes, amazing. That's like, it's so important. But I think that's sort of just sparked another thing in my mind is that now like thinking about all the conversations I've had with women and a lot of them say, oh, my husband just wouldn't understand or my partner just wouldn't understand what, you know, what I'm going through. But I think exactly what you've touched upon is like, you have to give it a try and you've got to come at it at different angles because it's completely foreign, foreign news to them. Because as you said before, they work on a 24-hour cycle. And when they're not feeling great, they just say, just push harder. Just keep going. And they've got the capacity to do that because they've got testosterone. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, their kind of negative thing hits at like 3 o'clock in the afternoon and most of the time they go out and have a smoke or like they're finishing up work for the day or they have afternoon tea or something and then it passes. Mm. Whereas for us, if we're going for it for two weeks, it's a, it's a long time to just like push through. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And it's not that, I mean, they're what I understand and what I've been, I said, they can, to a certain extent, they can push through and recover quite easily. Whereas for us, we push through and it's actually, do, it's doing us damage, which is, you know, which is really hard for us to re- recover from. Um, so, yeah, so I'm just thinking like, you know, it's really important um, for us to really take the time because that if they've had, I mean, I, let's put it this way. It took me until I was 35 to actually know anything about the menstrual cycle. I had no idea that there were four phases. I did. I thought that you only needed to know about your menstrual cycles when you wanted to conceive, and that was important. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, there's just so much, like, it's, it's, like, so taboo still, and it's just, like, having that conversation is just so, like, acknowledging, like, what happens. It's, like, you might study it for, like, two weeks, in science at school and that's it and it's like this this thing literally controls your life (laughs) totally totally and then like I'm just learning about all of that so what you know so let's think about what it would be like for males do I mean if they've never been to you know the majority of them may have never been you know exposed to any of that so I think it's um you know taking the time out to explain to them um you know obviously if you've got partners and everything but um I I'm I'm so in like and I hope that you are a part of the forefront of this because I what I'm envisioning is this beautiful you know 
world where we are like we are constantly being educated about this and periods are like something that is coming into the workplaces especially the male dominated ones like the like um the the mechanic industry i mean what's your what what's your hope what's your vision for everything i think like in general like when i have these conversations i always talk about like if something affects your like work or your relationships, like you need to get it checked out, like no matter what it is, because there's so many things out there that like we don't know about. And for one, like mental health, it's so vague as well. And PMDD crosses over so much into mental health and also physical health as well. And so much we're like, and even now with COVID, like I think one of the main reasons why COVID is just blown up is everyone's so used to pushing through when they're sick. And realistically, you should stay home when you're sick, whether it's with COVID or anything else. <laughs> like, mm. but we've taken that out and we're just like everyone pushes through when they're sick and it's like, no, you shouldn't push through when you're sick. Like if you're sick, there's something wrong, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but there's, you know, the problem with being sick in this day and age is there's just so many pharmaceuticals out there, like the drugs, like, oh, I'll just take a Sudafed or I'll take, I don't even know what people take anymore, but, you know, I'll take I'll take an aspirin and I'll just, exactly what you said, push through, which is not giving that, you know, the body the immunity to, you know, to fight for itself and, and recover. Um, yeah, not giving themselves a chance to rest. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's the biggest thing. It's crazy. Yeah, so that's, I mean, I guess that's on a physical level, but, you know, on the mental, in the mental, like if something's not right and you're getting angry, uncontrollable anger or getting sad or getting triggered really quickly, I mean, that's a sign. That's not even, that's nothing to do with PMDD. That's just in general. It's just like that sign of, it's like that's something to investigate. But you know what, Louise, so many people are afraid to lift the bonnet of the hood no pun intended (laughs) you know like people this is the thing this is why people people are scared to look under this is this is why people find it hard um to meditate or you know practice mindfulness and everything because the voices are they're real and well no they're not real but they're scary when you start listening into them and tuning into them yeah and they can get so loud like Mm. they're overwhelming so like I usually have like, yeah, I don't use this language, but I've never had language used before listening to the podcast, but like the doomsday mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I had, was it on Saturday or Sunday night? I had like, I was trying to tell my, because my partner's pretty, like he's keen to know, but he just doesn't know yet, but he's still like, okay, let's go again. Like, okay, what? what can we do next time kind of thing Mm. but it's just like me he's like why didn't you tell me that you were like angry I'm like I tried and you're like because it was kind of like so as in like a few days ago I was like okay like he's like what's wrong like you're sitting in bed for so long and I'm like yeah I just don't not feeling it because last hell week I also had an infected wisdom tooth as well so that was great (laughs) Mm. um but it's just like okay this is what's wrong and he's like but that doesn't seem to justify your feelings now. And I'm like, yes, but but it is. Like this week in my cycle, this this justifies my feelings. It's like, no, but there must be something else wrong. I'm like, no. We ended up having a fight. And I'm like, I told you what was wrong. Like, <laughs> stop pushing me. And he's like, you should have told me. And I'm like, I did. <laughs> mm. I keep, and he's like, okay, next time you really need to tell me. I'm like, 
what, more than five times. <laughs> totally, totally. I know it's ah. Uh, Oh, we could go on about the relationships for, yeah, it's it's finding that language, but it's their awareness and their education for it as well. Um, I'm sure I'm, I, I, I was about to say um, there should be, there should be, um, should be a men's group for, you know, for PMDD. I'm sure there is out there. But there, I think there is. I found one, I come across one, I think on on something. Oh, that's another thing that really helped me. Just like one thing that really kind of made me feel like because when I first found out I was like okay I'm I'm fucking I'm broken like this is it like I don't know anyone else who's like that you know the world's over (laughs) um in one context in the other context I'm like oh yeah I know actually know what's going on now but searching the hashtag like PMDD and then finding you know podcasts and groups and meme pages like (laughs) mental mm. health through memes <laughs> yeah. um, but then even searching Facebook groups like that kind of thing like just knowing that you're not alone is just such like having a community is such a big thing and borrowing the language like like I said even just the last few days listening to the podcast like I've got so much more language now to describe things because no one spoke about mental health like for me growing up and let alone menstrual cycle and I you don't if you don't have the words it's really hard to say it (laughs) Mm, mm, totally and this is the thing though we've got three completely taboo topics all mushed into one right you've got menstrual cycles mental health and suicide ideation oh let's just put them all together and start talking about it like that's yeah it's 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 one thing to talk about each one of those individually but then wrap them all into one sort of condition it's 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 ridiculous and but when um when i explain to majority of people they just they they just go in shock like their eyes widen and they're like whoa like that's big i'm like yeah <laughs> yeah it's really big it's really big yeah yeah and it's just really like it's kind of to that point where it gets to it, you're like, I don't even want to, like, it's exhausting describing it. Like, I don't want to talk about it. Mm. And I actually had, like, a conversation um, with someone recently and actually, like, really, really tried talking about what was going on. And I was just like, I couldn't do it without just crying. Like, I was crying the whole time Mm. because I was like, you know, I've become suicidal, like, and, and they were just like, oh, but, like, you got everything good, like blah blah. I'm like, it's not, it's it's not that. I I know everything's good, but it's like this fog that you can't see through. Like it just comes over you. And it, even just thinking about it was just like because I was kind of like in the it was touching on Hell Week. So it was like mm. kind of at the beginning. So I was already a bit touchy. And then it's just like thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, it's like really bad. Like telling someone how bad it is makes you actually realize like how bad it is. (laughs) Yeah. How bad it is. But knowing like with, you know, but with meditation, with mindfulness practice, with working on your thoughts and everything, you do, you do get to a point where you recognize they are not real. And if you can, when you're in the height and height of it, um, and knowing that those, they are just not real. And if you can just get through that part and then, sort of, you know, once once the period comes and everything, start working on, you know, it's almost like those 
the the first couple of weeks, those good weeks, is there's time to really start working on yourself because you're in a really clear state, right? <laughs> mm, that's it. And one thing that I really struggled with was actually remembering what I was upset about. Mm. Because it's like when you hit that good phase, like that was something that I couldn't work out for a while because I was like, okay, I want to work on this. And then I'd be like hysterical and then I'd be good and I'm like, cool, let's work on that. And I'm like, oh, was it? Like it's just gone from the memory. Like I remember I was hysterical, but I don't know what about. <laughs> yes, it's like this memory just goes <laughs> completely out the window. <laughs> That's it. So like even just like making sure like a lot of it for me has been the thoughts because it's just like okay not adding extra on and being able to move through it fairly quickly because it's like cool okay this is just a sensation in my body that's all it is like I feel angry I don't need to blame anyone I'm not broken I don't have to add shame on top of that so then like not adding all that mind drama onto it was like Cool, okay, what thoughts are coming up when I'm angry? What what's my brain chucking at me to be angry about? Mm. And then it was like that was being like being able to separate like the anger from the thoughts. So it was kind of like my brain's like, you're angry. Let's bring up all the stuff that you've ever been angry about before <laughs> in your life. <laughs> Not necessarily right at this moment, but we'll just chuck some on there because you're feeling it right now. <laughs> totally totally and we've got to remember we're human too like there's this element of like oh it's the pmdd but sometimes we're just human as well and being able to distinguish those two as well like it's 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 a full-time job (laughs) I know and I think that's another thing distinguishing between the two like just for me like last week with my wisdom tooth I'm like it's just that time of month I'm just tired and just everything just hurts and then I was like no like it took me like a solid month to be like because I was just blaming it on everything else and then I went to the dentist and they're like oh that's why it hurts so much because it's infected here's some antibiotics um and I was like oh shit like I was blaming it on like everything else where there was actually something wrong and I think like we do Mm. that a lot in our like work life as well especially like working in a non-traditional space for me working in a male-dominated space it was so easy to write off things that was happening like so if there was like sexual harassment happening and bullying it was easy to write it off on my thoughts like oh I'm just reacting badly to this because of like PMS like before I knew I had PMD I'm just reacting badly to Mm -hmm. this because I'm overthinking because I'm anxious and then it gets to the point where you tell someone and they're like that's a bit fucked up you should um that's not good Mm. you should tell someone that they're doing that (laughs) and you're like oh I just thought it was my brain making a story (laughs) I know we really downplay a lot that's going on when really <laughs> it needs to be checked yeah, out. You know, sometimes it's your brain and sometimes it's the other person. <laughs> so true. It's so true. So tell me, reflecting on, you know, now that we're, you've, you've been sort of, it's almost been two years now that you've sort of had that diagnosis of PMDD, what has been the positives that have come out from the diagnosis? I think now it's just a bit more like harnessing the lessons that I've learned like in the down times and then just being able to use that to connect to other people. Like you kind of just get pretty much every mental health disorder for two weeks very intensely and it gives you the experience to talk about it to others. Like even if they've got anxiety all the time, like you've had that little taster for your two weeks and it gives you that kind of connection to other people which has really allowed me to connect a lot more 
with people suffering from mental health and being able to be like, yeah, I know what it's like to be anxious. Like I'm not anxious right now, but sometimes it swallows me, eh? And they'll be like, yeah, and it just gives you that kind of connection as well. It's, yeah. And, yeah, discovering that, like getting the diagnosis, it just makes made me realise how much I was shaming myself for it. Like that was the biggest thing because I managed before, like, even I reckon when I was pretty young, like I used to just, you know, shame myself into doing things and I do it all the time, even my good weeks. And then I was like, oh, a lot of this extra feeling is unnecessary. (laughs) Mm, Totally. Totally. So, I mean, look, you're doing some magical work out there. And so if there is anybody listening um, and they would like to connect with you, how can they find you? So um, I've got my Instagram, which is Louise underscore as a party underscore 1996. I've also got a website, which is louiseasaparty.com. So you can get on my email list through there. I've got a few webinars. So if you sign up for my email list, you get Powering Through Sexism webinar, which works on a lot of, um, yeah, thoughts about the situations and looking after yourself while then battling sexism. And if you're a tradeswoman or work in a male-dominated industry, I've got a Facebook community called Tradeswomen Owning Their Power. Oh, I got so many goosebumps then. Great names. Yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That webinar will be kick-ass too. That is awesome. Yeah, I wanted to come at it from a different angle. So just going into the webinar a little bit, it's just like I find so many people uh, look at the problem first rather than what it's doing to the person. Mm. And for me, like, you can have all the techniques to deal with dickheads, but if you're having an emotional breakdown every time you even think of that person, how are you supposed to talk to that person and confront them? Like, mm-hmm. mm. Oh, my goodness. You've got to not deal with yourself but heal yourself from the damage inflicted before you can stop it happening again. <sighs> So true. So true. Well, I'll definitely put all those links in the show notes. Um, Louise, it was so lovely having a chat with you. I'm so grateful for your time. It's been such a pleasure connecting with you. Yes, thank you. You too. Thank you for listening to this episode. Please ensure that you like, subscribe, follow, or whatever it is that you need to do to keep up to date with new episodes on your podcast listening platform. If you would like to get in touch with me, please email me at the podcast at gmail.com. Please make sure that you follow our new home on Instagram, which is at the underscore PMDD podcast. Thank you so much again. I look forward to chatting with you soon. Much love.